hey, just a heads up, this episode gets pretty deep uh, on a lot of topics. If you're kind of triggered by any of the, the mental health side of things, or if there's anything like that you don't necessarily want to discuss or listen to, maybe this one's not for you. So welcome into the episode two of the AMP podcast or AM, no, it'd be AM podcast, right? Cause AMP podcast is P right. A motivating podcast. Welcome be, back. Uh, uh, for the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Second episode. We'll figure out the name. Let's go. We'll figure second episode. We're still trying to figure out. Welcome to the Amped Podcast. It's episode number two. Uh, and we have a pretty fun episode today because it's not just uh, myself and Barry, which is what we normally have going on the show. We got a guest on today. Um, and also, you guys all know Barry very well. Barry, say hi. Hi. I mean, hi. I mean, you can do a better job than that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I can't, but I won't. That's fair. Um, today, we have a good friend. And so just so we're clear, I want to talk about real quick. Today's show, what we're going to discuss and what we're going to try to do on this podcast going forward is have a topic and then kind of talk about how that topic relates to our mental health and how those two kind of go hand in hand. We thought that would be a kind of a good way to have a general idea as we go along, but also keep these as open discussions. And so today what we want to discuss is how video gaming and gaming and collecting and and even particularly, say, Pokemon, um, how those types of things, gaming in that industry, really affect or have affected people's mental health or how you use it for your own mental health. And so today we've got our good friend, the Nowico, joining us. Say hi now. Well, howdy. Now is here. Uh, now is a Twitch streamer. Uh, she's also just a wonderful human being. Uh, she's a variety streamer on Twitch. She does gaming. She does crafting. Oh, man. She made these really cool. What do you call those? Like clay? I don't call them clay dolls because that sounds weird. But what are they called now? Oh, the pieces I that you sent them, us? I call them minimalist sculptures. Well, okay. So minimalist sculptures? Yeah. they're Oh, I like that. So they made a polymer clay and they, she made all of us. She made my whole family and my dogs and they all line up and they're all the right height. And it's so cute. And she's able to do stuff like that on stream. And she's also just a really good human in general. Now is that friend that you reach out to when you feel like things aren't going well for yourself and you're a little bit worried. Now's that friendly voice that just goes, Hey, it's okay. Come on in, <laughs> have a seat. We're going to get through this. And it's because now herself has been through quite a lot in her own life. Uh, and we're going to discuss some of that as we go along. So now, tell us a little bit about yourself, if you would. Well, um, however you want to, at least. <laughs> so, without making it a three-hour podcast of me going, well, when I was a child, so as you you know you mentioned that I'm a polymer clay artist, variety streamer. Um, I am recently diagnosed with. So weird to say, I'm on the autism spectrum. I have autism spectrum disorder as well as this one I was already previously diagnosed with uh, ADHD. Um, so I am a, I try to be an advocate for mental health and acceptance in the mental health community. And even just, you know, with, with folks who maybe, you know, don't even have anything to worry about. They're just, you know, they're holistic. They don't have to deal with that. Um, and uh, I, 
I'm from the jo- I'm from the Georgia. I'm from South Georgia. My brain died. Sorry, I had a squirrel moment. Um, happily married for over a decade uh, to That's my awesome. husband Ryan. That's amazing. Um, He's. We love Ryan. Riot, by the way. Hey, Riot, we love you. Go ahead. Sorry, Ed. Sorry, no. We love Sammy more, but yeah, we love you, Ryan. Sammy's. Don't get me wrong. Sammy's important as well. And just so we're clear, Riot again. Now's husband. Sammy is their dog. Oh yeah, we, my my emotional support puppy um, is a toy Australian Shepherd. His name is Sammy. Um, he is basically our child. In every <laughs> sense that. of the word, where it's just like he goes everywhere with us. You know, he he has like, oh, here's his toys. He has a special food that he has to have. We have to make sure his diet's good. You know, it's just like taking care of a human child, obviously not identically so, but rather close as you're going to get. But yeah, I am partially disabled um, without going into too much drama with that. Not drama, but I used to say a really long story. Uh, Years ago, I had a back injury that, you know, was not super bad. I didn't realize how, what it was doing. And uh, I had just graduated high school I fell essentially. It's it's funny in hindsight how I fell. I choose to laugh at it. If that tells you anything about my personality, I choose to laugh at it. I was sick with allergies, like as I usually am, because I have bad allergies. Um, and it was I was standing in front of my parents' fridge because I was still living at home, and they have hardwood floors, and there's a counter right next to the fridge. And I was trying to get water out of the fridge, but I felt a sneeze coming on. So I turned my head away so I wouldn't, of course, sneeze into the fridge, you know? Um, and when I did that, I threw my back out and I tried to grab the counter with my hand and I missed. And then I hit the floor. And um, oh, that's not funny. It's just, yeah. It's, it's, it's funny in hindsight to me because it's just like, well, how did, how did you end up in this situation? I sneezed. <laughs> It sounds like backstories. Oh man, uh, that's <laughs> that's a good one to have. Yeah, yeah, like my backstory is literally that I sneeze. So, like, <laughs> so fast forwarding quite a bit, um, I've had uh, been through physical therapy quite a bit. <laughs> uh, countless epidurals at this point. It feels like different doctors. I ended up having back surgery uh, right before the pandemic hit because uh, my pain level was so bad. Um, because my my back tried to fix itself in a not a good way. It the wrong fused way. those two vertebrae that were damaged and not in good shape together, right on top of my sciatic nerve. So that was fun. Oh. Air quotes. Mm. Oh, not fun. Not, so not. Um, I had to have surgery, um, but since the surgery, my discs are still pretty messed up, and the doctors basically told me that look, this is not a if we're going to have to replace them; it's a when. Um, yeah. But because where I live in the States, it's it's a very expensive thing to even get one disc replaced, let alone two. Oh, um, sure. Well, I, I so get that. Yeah. We're trying to push that, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm part when I say I'm partially disabled, it's not that I'm I'm constantly having to use mobility aids. It's just that it's rather often that I do have to wear like a back brace or use my cane. Um, but it's not every single day. So that's why I consider myself partially disabled since, you know, I can still somewhat get around um, without having to use mobility aids. But, you know, it, it varies from you. day to day. Yeah. But uh, that's how I ended up working with uh, in the art department. Ended up 
uh, you know, because beforehand I was cleaning houses for a living and that was rewarding and great. But when your back is jacked up and you can't really bend, um, that becomes a problem. Yep. So uh, I ended up, you know, thanks to my husband's suggestion, he's like, you know, you really like art. Why don't you just try messing with, you know, like you like sculpting, try doing with that. So I I picked it back up again because I, you know, kind of dabbled with it years ago before the injury thing happened. And um, here I am now. It's very weird when I think about it. It's like, how did I step on Twitch? Because <laughs> you sneezed. That's yeah, because because you sneezed. That's the main villain of the story. Well, and let's let's summarize real quick uh, for everybody there. And I know Barry and I 100% agree on this. Everything that now just said, you can summarize into she's a really good human. And she's a very understanding and um I don't want to say well seasoned, but well traveled. Like this, this, she, she, even though she lives in Georgia and hadn't really been too many places as you discussed, she's also experienced a ton through her life. Um, and she's a very good example of the fact that you don't have to travel across the world uh, to experience a lot of these different things. We're all experiencing them in our kind of our own home areas. Would that? Would you agree that now? I mean, I would say there's stuff that you experienced probably there in Georgia that people would be like, wait, what? that you experience that there. We also experience it here. And I think we have a lot of these things that take place. Um, even though we may not expect that somebody's going through that, our neighbors, our friends are, we all are, we all are a little bit overwhelmed and stressed. There's a lot that's going on in our lives that is very similar is what I guess I'm trying to get to. Um, and I don't think we talk about it as much. Yeah, I agree. And it's one of those things where I, I, Okay, so I have not left the States. The closest I've been to another country was I was close enough to Mexico that I could see a city that was in Mexico, and I got the text on my phone, and I was like, welcome to Mexico. I'm like, I'm Okay, I'm done. Bye. Yeah. All right, I'm out. <laughs> That's the closest. But I've been in all the southern uh, United States because I'm, you know, with my husband, we've driven cross-country multiple times. Uh, oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. My- my husband's actually from California. I'm from Georgia. We met online in a video game years ago, just as friends. Um, we were friends for a very long time, and we ended up, you know, liking each other. And we're like, okay, let's let's try to do the long distance dating thing. We did. It worked out. We decided to get married. It, it was really funny because, so like, much. you know, a lot of people are like, oh, we have to have this big romantic moment. He and I were just on the phone one day and we're just like, you know, this really sucks because like we want to be together. You want to be around each other. And every time I have to drop you off at the airport or vice versa, it just it rips my heart in half. What do we Mm -hmm. do to fix that? And it's like, well, with our faith and everything, you know, we we just can't. We want to get married. Yeah, Yeah, let's get married. Yeah. okay. So I walk into the living room and I'm watching like Dateline or something. I'm like, hey, uh, I'm getting married. (laughs) My dad just was like, your dad's like, oh, um, to what? Like, is you're married yeah. to barbecue? Because I get that. Well, <laughs> what are you, what are we talking about? It, What's it happening? Was a, it was a very interesting conversation. For the longest time, Riot had uh, had to basically. My dad is very old fashioned in the states. Um, the, the region that I grew up in, in South Georgia, was like the tradition is is the person who wants you know, like basically in this case, Riot wanting to marry you know. My dad's daughter, which is me in this case, has to go to the dad and be like, hey, oh, yeah. I would like your permission to marry my daughter. Uh, oh, yeah. We didn't do that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'll have a, I have a story about that real quick. So I, 
Y'all, y'all don't. I don't know if all of y'all have ever seen Elizabeth's father. I'm a big dude, and he he dwarfs me a little bit. He's like six foot five, I think, and my shoulders and everything. He literally, he's he's a large human being. And when I first met him, I was like, "How? Like how? I'm this big? You have somebody else bigger? Come on, man! Like you can't have a normal size dad." You're going to have not only just my size, but like jumbo sized. And I had to ask him for Elizabeth's hand in marriage. When you look someone's dad in the eyeball and you go, so I had this idea, you know, like me and your daughter, like Mary, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> you know, he was, he was just like, I remember asking, I was like, so uh, Bill, uh, you know, um, could, could, could I, can I marry Elizabeth? <laughs> He goes, what? I was like, hi, Mary. I would like to marry your daughter, sir, or something like that. And he goes, okay. And I was like, <laughs> okay, okay. And he's like, okay, cool. I'm going to go back over there. You have a good day. Because <laughs> like, we were at the, uh, I think we were at the Red Rocks in Vegas, I think. And Elizabeth was off down the path or something. And I had the chance to ask him, and I did. And then I'm just sitting in the car right after asking him right next to her, like, you're going to marry me now, I think. Oh, uh, you don't even know what you just signed up for. I don't think, like, because she loves me. But the fact that her and her mom and dad liked me. And they were like, yeah, sure, come on. Okay, it's going to be fun. Good luck to everybody. That was terrifying. Asking, yeah, was terrifying. Yeah. But yeah. I get where it comes from. It, it's, it's funny. It's like you you talk about your father-in-law being this you know rather robust sized gentleman. Oh, he's large uh, dude. My, my dad is too. So yeah. uh, just a real funny quick story after the wedding ceremony because we got civilly married first because um, Wright and I were of different uh, church faiths. And long story short, uh, we had someone who was raised Southern Baptist marrying someone who was Latter Day Saints. My preacher wouldn't wouldn't do the ceremony, so we have a friend who is the the. the hang on, we get the right term. I guess the the priest, the preacher at the the local Lutheran church, and he married us. <laughs> so nice. it's a very interesting wedding. Uh, but we we got out of the wedding. You know, like everybody's like, yeah, like, you know, try to go say hello to us and say congratulations and stuff. And all I see is. Riot walking over to me going like dead serious face. Go hug your dad right now. Or I think he's going to kill me. And like my dad is this, you know, rather large structured gentleman, not just like in weight. I mean, like he's tall, he's very broad shouldered and everything. And my dad was just bawling. And I totally don't make, I'm not making fun of him for this, but if, if you know my dad, he does not cry. I've only seen him cry like four times in my life. And that was one of the four times. The other times we're at funerals um, for people that he was very close to. And I was like, oh, geez. Like, you know, like, just, I just look over and see my dad. And I was like, I had to go over and hug him because, like, Ray was like, he's going to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I could, I could see that for sure. It, it's funny. Well, I, can, I can relate in that regard. Speaking of our significant others, Elizabeth just brought me, can you hear this? An mm -hmm. iced coffee. Mm. That is like yeah. wife of the yep. year. Or I know I married her. Wife of the century. <laughs> her, her 
Christ. Can I want to say goat? Like, everybody says goat on Twitch, like, you know, like, greatest of oh, all yeah. time. But I feel like saying goat to a lady can sometimes be, if they don't know what it means, questionable. Kind of yeah. so. I see that being a little different. Way to go, goat. And like, I do not look like a goat, okay? Uh, like, I'm worth at least 12 goats. Try right? saying the goat. That could Try be. saying the goat. Yeah, that, yeah. that could be. I like that. Um, well, thank you again now for being here. And I again, Barry, thank you for being here. i excited to have this chat today. So our, our main topic we wanted to talk about was kind of gaming. And, and I said video games, and I said kind of collecting as well, and Pokemon in particular, because that was something that I know was big for you now, and it was big for me. Um, I know, and still is a big part of my life. And so I kind of wanted to see, and Barry did too, and we thought it was a good thing to talk about was kind of start with what's your, what's your favorite like game of all time. And and Barry and I want to talk about ours too. So you go first. What's your favorite video game of all time or, or game in general, or whatever you want to say, like pastime, if that makes sense, your favorite thing that you do to kind of take a break from the world and, and kind of veg out and, and use that space. What what was your favorite? So no pressure. I there's there's a right answer. Sorry. I like for, for what how I kind of like you know decompress and try to wind down. I do play video games. Um, I tend to play more cozy games. I yeah. you know, that's not that all that I play, but um, a lot of times I tend to like my, I can't say it's my like I can't look at one game and say this. This is the greatest ever because there's so many that has so many poor memories. <laughs> um, but just to kind of give you a broad idea, uh, I really love the Pokemon games, as you know, you mentioned. If yeah. I had to pick one from that series, again, this is nostalgia's sake. I'm not saying that, that I, I honestly think it's probably the best ever, but I absolutely have a soft spot for the uh, gold, silver, crystal, like, and then the remakes, heart, you know, uh, heart gold and soul silver. Um, that that whole Johto era of Pokemon, the second generation, is is it's got like a very special place in my heart. Even though I started when I was like ten with the original generation games, um, but yeah, I really love those. I like playing games like Animal Crossing. Um, wait, other games. Wait, wait, before before we go on, I want to ask a question real quick. And I'm sorry, I've never understood this, and I feel like you know the answer to this now. I didn't mean to cut you off. But I want to make sure I don't forget this question. Pokemon. Yes. There's the red version. There's the blue version. There's the pink version. There's the there's no what pink. is what are all, I know? Okay, sorry. Fair. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Just so we're clear, don't mess with Now's knowledge on Pokemon. I think she just proved sorry. it very quickly. Uh, there's there's no uh, sir. There's no pink. I don't know, but there's not. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're fine. It's the Clefable one. Okay. It's oh, I think that's a bootleg. <laughs> I don't think that one's real. But the co- the question I have to ask is, what is the difference in them? Because I don't necessarily know. I, I know that there was like, one was like, you're supposed to have more main of this type or something. I didn't, what are the differences in all the colors of them? Because I know that like, some of the new versions have different regions, things like that. But like, there's three colors of the three versions of the same basic game, right? Some of the originals. Or two or three, whatever. There was originally two, and the reason that they did that was, you know, the well. To be fair, there is technically three, but in the states there was two, because in Japan, if I remember correctly, the original games were uh, red and green, and then they oh uh, green later on. Yeah, that they makes had sense. the green version yeah. before, like before we even got. That's know, cool. I didn't know that. I didn't even know there was a um, green that's version. Cool. 
I told you we're going to learn, Barry. I told you. I don't think it was released in the West. I think it was Japan only, but don't hold me to that exactly. But I know it never came to the, like the EU or the West in general. It was never fully translated um, at the time. And uh, the reason that they did the two different game versions, even back, you know, with the, the Japan only release before it became a, a phenomenon, uh, to my understanding from what I've read on reviews and every, not reviews, uh, interviews, that's the word I'm looking for, was that while they were working on the game, they wanted to try to encourage people to, uh, interact with each other and have a reason to want to, you know, actually like trade these monsters back and forth. And they're like, okay, well, we could do this thing where there's only some monsters in one game and some in the other one. Um, there, you know, so that way people would have to interact with each other and it would give people more of an excuse. Uh, you know, basically meet up with your friends in the schoolyard and be like, I got this one. What'd you get? And plus, let's be honest, from a business perspective, it also gave them an opportunity to try to sell two versions of the game versus yeah. one. So, it's the same reason that, like, in Pokemon Go, all the different regions when it first came out, you had to go to different areas in the world to catch those certain Pokemon. And right. then when they started trading, yeah, that makes sense. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Continue. I just, this is fascinating also, to me. It's also with Pokemon Go. They do not allow you to trade with anybody, even if they're on your friends list, unless you're within a certain distance between each other. So technically, if I wanted to trade with, say, when I have a friend in Hawaii and I'm in Georgia, I can't trade with my friend until I either go to... You know, basically, if they either come to, to where I'm at or I go where they're at kind of situation. That's insane. Um, so that way they limit. So you still do technically have to travel if you go by the game's rules, which I do. But, you know, some people. Yeah. <laughs> Internet. We, we know we've got we, people got ways to get around now. <laughs> oh, yeah. People find ways to get around that stuff. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of really the main reason. Now, later on, you ended up having the third version, which uh, essentially became the the game's version back then they didn't really have an easy way to be like hey here's some dlc so a lot of times they would essentially remake the game and it would be a combination of you know the original game or i guess games plural because they're literally the same game as sans you know what appears pokemon wise in most cases um and they also would add in additional storyline they'd add in maybe some previous generation older monsters uh, that were not appearing in the, the original versions of those games um and you know just a little added stuff sometimes they would like maybe there if there was like a bug they had found they would like you know, update it in the new version and they would kind of patch that out uh and the new cartridge um and that's kind of how you ended up with the three versions you know for instance uh the ones i mentioned the gold and silver games that's why you ended up with gold silver and crystal uh but in crystal's yeah, case cool. that makes sense it was yeah. a rather a big leap forward because it was the first a uh, game where you actually got to pick your gender. You didn't just have to default play as a male character. Oh, that's cool. Um, and they also added, uh, like, actually more story into the game. Uh, you know, don't be wrong. The original games, they were they were. They're good. They, but their story wasn't super deep because it was on the Game Boy. They, they had limited uh, memory on that cartridge and what the, the Game Boy was actually capable of processing and all that good jazz. Um but, you know, with this newer one, they're like, okay, well, now we have access to the Game Boy Color, and this is labeled for for the Game Boy Color and up, you know, kind of system-wise. Um, so they were able to put more into it, and they're like, okay, we can add a little bit more dialogue to some of these characters and add some more colors and locations. And, and that's, that's kind really of... That's really cool. Yeah, that's why you yeah. ended up with the 3 version, which is why um, the previous generation that, that they had just recently, uh, Sword and Shield for the Nintendo Switch... You never got a third version of that one because they actually were able to do 
literal DLC that you could just buy separately and download. And that's how they added in those additional previous Pokemon that were not, well, not all of them, obviously, because there's still a lot that aren't in the games. But Right, there's still, you know, yeah. Yeah, they added some of the older monsters from the previous generations. They also added some more story. They added some new locations. And that's how they got around having to basically have three versions. That's why you didn't end up with, like, some of the mock-ups I saw were, like, it was, like, sword, shield, and somebody was, like, gun. <laughs> I was, like, okay, yeah, no, we don't need that one. Okay, thanks. Um, right. So let me ask you this yeah. now, then. Uh, if that's So if that's how they got it on doing the... Uh... DLC is by just having multiple games. Do you know how did like first of all, what is Pokemon Arceus? Is it called? Like what's like the okay, the so, last Pokemon yeah. game before uh, Violet Scarlet? Yeah, yes. and that one is a very unique situation. Uh, for the longest time, most of us that I'm aware of, like obviously I'm, I'm not speaking for the Pokemon community as a whole because I do not know everyone in the Pokemon community. That would be ridiculous. What? There's billions <laughs> of us. Um, but, and I know there's people who know more than I do, so please take everything I say with a grain of salt. I do not pretend like I am, I am not the Professor Oak of this universe, but, um, essentially, um, oh gosh, if I can remember how to worry it. My brain died, Barry, truthfully. Can you ask a question? <laughs> so, it's like, it's, it's a twofold. So what is Pokemon Legend Ar- Arceus or Arceus? Okay, Arceus, that's what it was. My brain Arceus, was like- yeah. And basically how, because I, I think I have like a, a a vague like description of that game, but also how, how did they manage to do that? So that one was a spinoff. We originally thought that it was going to be like its own little side story, uh, you know, like in the Pokemon universe, but not actually a mainline game where it was just, um, you know, kind of like a side game where you would have limited Pokemon available, um, and it'd just be like a little story they were trying to tell. And you know, it would you couldn't trade anything out of it, but we were proven wrong, obviously. Uh, it has been completely confirmed that Pokemon Legends Arceus is a mainline title. Um, it is essentially a game that is set in a different part of the timeline, the Pokemon universe, which that goes places that even my brain goes, oh boy. I need mm-hmm. post-it notes. To yeah. Um, but essentially, that one takes place in the past. I, I don't don't at me, folks, because I know I might not be exactly right. But um, I believe it's set in what is essentially, if you're putting it in, in like real timeline wise, it's basically like the the Meiji period, I think, of Japan, like the, the feudal era kind of thing, where they're coming into technology and they have Westerners coming in, but it's not like fully, you know, modernized and stuff. Gotcha. Um, and it, it takes place in its own little little section where you are a character that is from one of the more modern timelines, if not like the, the current timeline that they're initiating or like, you know, the, the current world of like Sword and Shield or um, Scarlet and Violet. So your character goes back in time through story events that I will not spoil since, you know, the story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the fun thing about Arceus is that um, you don't technically have to trade with anybody to get any, like, to complete that game. You can 100% that game by yourself, which is literally the first time that a mainline Pokemon game, you could do that because all of the previous generations, unless there's trade. something, yeah, you had to trade. Yeah. Um, 
And they've even added, uh, and again, I, I haven't, I'm still playing through uh, Pokemon Scarlet. So again, if this item's in the game, I don't know. Um, so I'm, I'm not even going to pretend like I know if that's still a thing or not. But they added a physical item in Pokemon Legends Arceus. Because, you know, some Pokemon only evolve by trading. Like physically, you have to trade it to another person for the evolution to, to trigger. Mm-hmm. They added an item called the Link Cable in Pokemon Oh, I remember Legends the Link Cable. And you just give them the link cable, like the Pokemon that would normally need to be traded, and it'll evolve. Yep. So, so you literally don't need another player to finish that one. And I, I think it also may have been a proof of concept game because they changed the play style of how you play a mainline Pokemon game. Not like super drastically, where it's not like you know you could tell this is a Pokemon game. Um, but one of the more common comparisons i've heard is this is metal gear solid pokemon edition uh where you actually have to like i mean oh, yeah. literally, okay. my brain dude my brain hang on hang on no i just watched squirtle in my mind like ar-15 charizard and then charizard grenade pikachu and then pikachu throw at blastoise like this yeah oh, i just man. saw like uh blastoid is it yeah blastoid just underneath oh, like a, a small yeah. a small a small box just trying to sneak in like it's just a box. <laughs> but like the reason uh, I say that is the game has the stealth mechanic and you also have to like, you know, traverse the area. You don't want the, the Pokemon to see you in some cases because they may run away. Or having the element of surprise may make them easier to catch and you can throw a Pokeball without having to engage in battle first. Because oh, yeah. uh, some of the species are, are more aggressive in nature. So if they see you, they're gonna be like, Oh no, we got a scrap. But right. you know, if, they, if you're careful and you're sneaking and you're like you're using the environment to your you know to be camouflaged, so, yeah, it's Metal Gear Solid Pokemon. Sands the gun. If you're if you're everybody, that's not me playing a video game because I can't do it. I've tried. I played. It was a Metal Gear. No, it was Rainbow Six. Where you had to like sneak and do everything. I did. I couldn't do it. I was like, this is dumb. I just want to yeah. shoot everybody. This is stupid. You you and the word like, sneak I, don't go together at all. Don't sneak. I don't. It doesn't go well. But, uh, but now I would say, oh, go ahead, Barry, go ahead. Yeah, sorry, I just, so what, what I've heard is, before the game came out, is that it was supposed to be like the Breath of the Wild of the Pokemon games. Like, yeah. it's supposed oh, to be really? this, this Pokemon Very game cool. that's like an open world that has like a legit, like, story. Not that I'm saying that the other games don't, but like, it's a more story-focused game, which is why they didn't need the trading system for it. It's like the same thing they that did with uh, Super Mario uh, Odyssey. Is they because of like the success that Breath of the Wild had, they wanted to basically translate that to the other franchises as well. I mean, that could be said. That's definitely a, a probably right, truthfully. Because um, like it, you, it can be said about just about most of your game franchises. Because like initially, like I'm not when I say this, I'm not being negative. So please don't take it that way. But like Fortnite started out as a totally different game, and then you had, uh, yeah. you know, like the Player Unknown's Battlegrounds became a thing that was really popular with the battle royale thing, and yep. they're like, "Hang on, we can do this," and then they completely, you know, shifted direction with production, and you ended up with the game that you have now. Now, granted, they eventually did add in a lot of the stuff they were working on prior, which is, I believe, the Save the World content that they added in at one point. Yeah, um, yeah, think about it, yeah. but like, you know, of course, and you can't blame game companies truthfully because i mean like they're there to make they're, money that is yeah, they're that, trying that's to make their money. job you know they they want to they want to make money that's well, their job so 
they follow the trends of what people are going, hey, I want to play that. And let me let me ask this question. So, I mean, and now I would say, I know that you're never going to say this game is my favorite of all time because I'm going to be similar, right? I'm going to say this is one I enjoy playing a lot, right? This is one of my favorite ones to play. And I can see that being Pokemon for you and, and all the Pokemon games. Um, if you don't mind, can I ask Barry? Because I want to know what Barry thinks. Because, like, I know he has Destiny, but, like, is there anything? Let me ask this question because everybody who knows Barry, and if you don't know Barry, big Destiny fan, right? Big fan of Destiny. That's one of his favorite games to play. Uh, he's very, very upfront with that. But, Barry, what I'm wondering is if there's a game that's not Destiny that is a favorite that maybe you don't talk about as much or maybe you haven't brought up as much because a lot of times I think you get steamrolled into uh, this is what we're playing because it's something that we can play it together, you know, or something like that where you seem to have brought up like that, that beats per minute game that I had never heard of before. Is there anything like that that you like yeah. or something so, that we don't know of? So here's the thing with, uh, with a game like destiny, you know, you get to, you get to spend so so many hours in that game. Like I think between Destiny One and Two, I spent easily over like three thousand hours on on both of those games. Like and <laughs> and it's like I I love that game and I love the story and I love the lore and all of that stuff. But to me, Destiny is is not actually my favorite game. It's one of it's one of one of my oh. favorite games, but it's not the favorite. And well, to answer the, like the second part of your question first is like um, games like uh, Bullets Per Minute and Hades and Transistor and um, mm-hmm. Ghost Run and stuff like that. I like playing a lot of those quote unquote indie games because they tend to take more risks in game design and introduce new ideas, introduce like new game mechanics and stuff like that because they have their liberty and they don't have the pressure of a AAA uh, publisher to basically just make as much money as possible. Do you so, like the you like the different mechanics? You like the idea of okay in this game because that overwhelms my. I'm so old. I'm like I kind of like that my controls in Fortnite are like the same as the controls in in Warzone. It makes it easy. <laughs> like I'm good with the fact that most of the stuff is similar. But you like the you like the differences. I'm I'm guessing is that what you're saying? Yeah, because to me, you know, I heard this uh, like saying once and it's stuck with me ever since is that uh, video games are like empathy machines, right? It's not like any other medium where you have like, yeah, you're watching a movie and you might be affected in, by that movie, whether positive or negative or whatever, but, it, but you're yeah. not actually living that movie. While playing video games can easily like transfer you into that, into that world. That's because you're kind of, actually making, that, yeah, you're actually making the decisions and the mechanics and all that stuff, and you have to learn it just like if it were, were to be introduced in the real life. If you, if someone introduced a new vehicle type that's not a car, train, or, or plane, you'll have to learn that to actually be effective with it. And so that's that's why I think I like a lot of the indie games because they tend to do that, and I don't know, offer offer that like kind of a challenge somehow, and you know. As to my, sorry, if, if you're gonna ask something. No, no, go ahead. You're good. Tell me. Yeah, yeah tell me more. As as to my my favorite game, and you know, it, I, I think I've mentioned it before. Um, my favorite game of all time, and it's not just it's not. I'm saying I'm not saying that's it's the best game of all time because if you look at it objectively, it's not. But to me, <laughs> the best, like the, my favorite game of all time, is God of War 2018. 
Oh yeah, we talked about that. That's right. Yeah, my reason for that, if yeah, if you want to talk about like the actual game, it's like it has like one of the best game mechanics in fighting that I've ever seen. It's so smooth, it's so interactive that it's, and it's so rewarding when you use that mechanic. But to me, the the reason why I I, I consider that game my favorite game of all time because you, you know those games that just you play them at the exact right time. And to me, God of War that that year was was that because like I'm not going into spoilers or anything like that, but the story of that game is basically a kid who loses his his mother and is uh, like uh, distant from his father for different reasons, and they need to fulfill the mother's wish of spreading the ashes over the highest peak. And you go along this long journey, and to me, I connected with that because. I'm someone who lost his mom at a young age, and I was at that point of my life, I was kind of distant with my dad, obviously for different reasons. But you, in that game, you get to see something that you don't see in real life, which is the point of view of the dad. Because while yeah, you you only see the thing you see while, play, while playing that game, you actually get to see what what he's going through and how he's dealing with it and how he's. Trying, and, yeah, yeah, and, and that's why, like, that game because it started with something and it's like something different. But, like, to me, that, like, that the game keep, kept that message and kept that like consistency with it the whole like 30 hours that I played, and it had me like question a lot of the decisions that I made in my life and had me like thinking about, like, yeah, but I went through something, but so was, did my dad go through some, some stuff and you know to me something that can give me that kind of experience or that kind of like moment yeah. to think I think to me is worthy of being my, my favorite game of all time I get that and now by the way I didn't mean to like completely switch I just knew Bear I wanted to hear Bear's answer but um, I know on yours Pokemon but is there another game by the way and Barry First of all, hang on. Let me respond to that, dude. That's that's what I love about video games. Like that's, and as we roll into that kind of the second half here, we'll talk a little bit more about like the mental side of it and kind of how that's helped. But you can even hear it in what you're saying there. Just that connection to something, and it's just so interesting to me how people can see us interact with video games and go, and people who are gamers, you interact, and we go, no, no, this is part of my life. This is my activity. This is my thing. And have that type of a connection with the game. Um, and we'll talk about, like I said, a little bit more when I get to my my choice. But I wanted to ask now before we got there, because I didn't want to get too sidetracked. Anything else, by the way, Barry, before I switch back over to now? Because I want to ask her about maybe what, what my game might be there. No, no, I'm good. You go ahead. Okay, cool. So to make sure. Um, but, yeah, so now I know Pokemon. but And I know we taught you. You said something. By the way, we're talking about Pokemon. You said also... Um, what was it the the farming one? Um, Animal Crossing. Um, Animal Crossing. Animal Crossing. Also like Stardew Valley, but I I think if you're going to talk about like a one particular game that sure um, like it hit me the same way that what Barry was kind of describing. Um, obviously I've had quite a few in my life because I've been playing games since I was a you know small child and I ain't no spring chicken no more. Um, <laughs> I'm no fall turkey. Oh, wait, am I yeah. a fall turkey? Spring chicken. Stop it. <laughs> I might be a fall turkey. <laughs> the game in question that hit so hard for me um, is actually an old PS1 game. 
it's got a different name now because they've, they've you know, re redone it and put it different on, on different systems. But it was called Valkyrie Profile um, on the PlayStation 1. It has since been remade and with like new cutscenes and stuff and uh, for like the PlayStation Portable. And I think they're actually bringing it to the PS5, like a variant of that PSP remake. Um, but it's more commonly known now as Valkyrie Profile Lineth. Um, that game really did change a lot about my life because it got me into Norse mythology, first of all. It also taught me a lot about looking at life from different aspects and trying to see what other people are going through. Because without giving away the entire plot of the game, essentially, long story short, you play a Valkyrie named Lineth who wakes up, because only one Valkyrie can be up at a time in this this lore. Um, there's three of them, but anywho. They're like, hey, go to Earth and go find warriors, uh, like basically people who die with heroic spirits, uh, to bring their spirits back and train them so that way they can help us fight at Ragnarok like the end of days, okay? So you are literally going around and encountering these people in their last moments of their life, and you get to see a large, I wouldn't say like their whole life, but you get to see a lot of like what led them to that moment for whenever, like whenever they passed. And some of them, of course, are like, you know, very dramatic and they're like war like related and everything. And there's more fantastical sides to stuff. I mean, I mean, obviously it's fantastical, but you know, I mean, like it's like this person got jacked up by monsters, but, but then you have situations where it's just like, you know, one of the, the ones that stuck with me the most, there is this, uh, you end up recruiting the husband in this case because he's the one who passed. But there's this young couple that they've been friends since they were kids. They got married. They they were in love. And like right after that, he got shipped off to war and he just never came back. And she never got to know what happened to him. And instead of showing him falling off a boat, you know, and drowning, it was like you you were given the opportunity. Like you could choose, I believe, if I remember correctly, to do this or not. But you get to go back. And give that dude the opportunity to go see his former wife and basically be like, I'm sorry, I need you to try to move on because she was just frozen. And like that game touches on some very heavy stuff, all while having, look at this, that's a dragon, you know? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's. It's, it's really a hard hitting emotional game. And the, the, the later games in the series are hit or miss, in my opinion. I'm not saying they're good or bad one way or the other, but none of them hit the way Lineth did for me. And it, it's it's one of those games that, like, if you ask me which one, like, out of all the games that I've played outside of, like, Pokemon, because obviously I'm addicted to it. It's my hyperfixation. <laughs> but that game in particular was one of the biggest influences in my entire existence, and it really did change a lot about who I am as a person. And I get it. Like, I related yeah. to that game on a lot of levels and it, it, it helped put me it helped put life in perspective for me on a lot of things, which is weird to say about a just a random PlayStation One video game. You know, it's like, I don't know, it's just a PS1 game. It's not anything impressive as far as graphical standpoints, but it really hit home. So Oh yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's funny to me now, because I know I never knew this, but that we have the like kind of similar experiences in that in that and maybe it's maybe it's just Norse mythology, but they have that way of like, yeah, telling something that like so emotional and so like hard hitting, but it also still maintains that like fantastical, said like crazy stuff. Oh, you're fighting a dragon, you're fighting a dwarf, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, look a goblin. Yeah, 
yeah, I, I just I just love that that uh, similarity between the the two games. Yeah. Well, and I think too that something that's really interesting about this is as we kind of I mean as we kind of talk about this, the biggest reason that I wanted to do this type of a podcast was to have these conversations. And as we've just talked, you both naturally were just talking about these games and how big of an influence they were on you. It wasn't how much fun they were. And don't get me wrong, they're fun. You liked them. And it wasn't how uh, exciting or whatever. It it wasn't one emotion. It was, I connected to this. This helped my brain go from where it was at to just a place where I can just kind of chill for a little bit. And for people like the three of us that we've also we've we've shared quite a bit, we feel our emotions big. We feel we feel mm-hmm. them big, and we feel them big in other people. And we can get really overwhelmed with that feeling sometimes. And and a lot of people get to that point where they feel like you feel like a volcano, and you're just like, "What I do with all of this emotion? I can go for a run, sure, but maybe you can't." Also, I can punch things. That doesn't help anything. It just hurts your fists. What do I do with this? And I found that, yeah, playing a video game and like sometimes it was Tomb Raider, man. For me, Tomb Raider was a really influential game. Because Tomb Raider was kind of the one that taught me just don't give up. Don't give up. Like you'll figure it out eventually. You don't have to just when you try once, keep just keep trying. Um, because the original Tomb Raiders were ones that like you had to figure out how you had to jump A, then B, and then you had to leap here and then here. And if you missed one little step, one little thing, and it was the same thing with the Assassin's Creed thing, you know, I've talked about several times. That game, uh, being that it was just, I don't know, the attempt. And it for me, I got taught a lot with video games. It was again kind of that attitude that a lot of people talk to me about, which is keep trying. Because to me, the idea of you've got another chance, that's the extra life, right? In Mario, you'd die if you had three or four chances. You you had a chance. Keep trying things. You've got another chance. You can do this again. And that's kind of the way I see it in life. You you have a chance. Okay, tomorrow, I can let this go, and I can be this human. I can be the person that I want to be. Or I can you know, continue to try. And I don't know. Like, I kind of... I just realized that we're talking. I kind of learned that from Tomb Raider and Assassin's Creed. <laughs> and it sounds bad because I'm terrible at video games and I learned not to give up because eventually you'll win. But um, good. I mean, that's a wow. And Sonic the Hedgehog also, man, that thing infuriated me. <laughs> I would, man, the amount of rings I've lost over the years. Uh, oh, the sadness. Had, and you know that sound? Thing. That's like Schrodinger's cat. Drowning sound? You know, oh, you, hit, no. you hit that thing and just ding. I hate that sound. That, that timer, whenever you're drowning, I just, I, that is in my nightmares. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I get that completely. Just and and that's the stuff that I'm talking about. Though is these things have had profound stamps on our lives, and and that's why we use what we do on Twitch. And I believe all three of us do a very good job with our streams of being a place where you can kind of just chill. Because a lot of times, right, video games, for me, I get the most emotionally, quote, relaxed if I'm playing a game like God of War. And it's a storyline, and I'm just enthralled. 
and I'm watching a movie and I'm experiencing it and I'm in that game. Everything else is quiet for a little bit. Yes, is it a, is it a Band-Aid sometimes for issues? Absolutely. There's a reason Band-Aids exist. You need to use them sometimes to get through things. And I think it's finding that kind of that balance because, you know, the other side of it is that addiction side. And I've seen plenty of people really fall into, I don't know anything else but this. And if that that exists, then there has to be a good that exists, though, too, right? If it can affect you, that min- that means it can affect your mental state for sure. Oh, yeah. It can also be used for the good side. And, and I think that that, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. He triggered something in my mind when he said that. Um, <laughs> You're good. So th- there was there was a, a study done about about that and like does video game affect you bad negative or do they actually uh, do some good? And one of the interesting uh, like conversation was had uh, in the study is that do you guys know the game uh, Detroit Become Human? Yes. Yeah. So in that game, one of one of the storylines you go through is you are, I think, like a ten year old girl who has an abusive father, and you're not. And you, in one of the scenes, you actually get uh, abused, and there's some domestic violence going on. And some of the uh, psychologists use that as an example, as like if you have someone who a has committed. Uh, domestic violence before or B, it has the tendencies to do so and you have them play as the abuser in that scenario and see like see it from the uh, like abused point of view it can actually deter them from that because they and for the first time in their life get to feel what it's like to be on the receiving end of something like that and so it will actually help them feel the feelings of that and not and maybe decide to not do that or decide against it or just have that have the like trigger inside them of not, some sort of not deterrent, going yeah, through some sort of yeah yeah and so when you yeah like and obviously there's some video games who you know people get addicted to them so much that it starts to affect their real life yeah but yeah. there's also like games like that who might you know help I don't know. Help save save someone someone's life or get them out of a really bad situation. And so yeah, one hundred percent video yeah. video games can yeah. do some good. Well, that's yeah. I think that's a big thing for all of us. And I, and I'm going to ask now to talk about this a little bit more here in a second because I believe all three of us, after we've already what we just discussed, know for a fact that these video games had a profound impact on our lives. And and that's something that, again, I don't think we've seen yet when we're starting to see it now. And that's why I believe our Twitch channels that we have in this community we're starting to build is really, I don't know, you know, these communities that, I mean, and now's community herself, the art community, they're, they're so loving and kind and open and welcoming and, and nice to each other. And yeah, you're, you're going to have different people in, in, in every community, but for the most part, there's a big need in this world right now for video game mental health kind of understanding. 
Because with video games, here's what I'm trying to say. We talked about this, right? So in the Discord, if I had every Friday, if every Friday night you knew you could hang out with 10 of your best friends from your house or 10 of your good friends from your house uh, and or 10 to 20, whatever it is, from your house and you guys could all play all play games together and you don't have to go anywhere. You can stay home, be safe at your house because maybe you have social anxiety, whatever it is. You don't want to go out because that's kind of how I am, right? I like being at my house. And um, I think if you had that set up to where you could just chat and have this connection with people online versus, um, I don't know, versus this need. People see video games as this thing that kind of take you away from the world. I see it as it kind of connects you to the world. Does that make sense? I know it was a roundabout way to get there. No, yeah, one hundred percent do it. Like speaking of, like now I mentioned this game before, which is um, uh, Animal Crossing. I right? no, I've never played Animal Crossing before. the The last one came out, and it came out like at the height of the pandemic, right? And I get the chance to basically, while being alone and being in my house, play this video game that everyone was playing at the time. And feel connected to people that I, you know, in a, in, a, in a time that we needed that, that we didn't even have access to it, couldn't do it. And it's, yeah, like they, they, they really do. They really do connect, connect people. And it's, I don't know, it, it's amazing to me that something like, like that was just invented for entertainment can do something like that. So, because Barry, you were talking about um, kind of like how, like we were saying, like like I was saying with the video games, right? Like, I truly believe that video games connect people. I really believe that that's the mental health side of stuff that I really got from this. Call of Duty was one huge video game for me. I literally would come home and get so excited to hang out with my friends because that's my world. And I, and I kind of talked to Elizabeth about it and I put this to test. I'll put it to test. What is the difference? Now, again, I get physical movement. Let's discuss that at another time. Like, yes, you do need to get up and walk around sometimes. You can't spend all of your life online. But I will stand firmly on the fact that I would much rather, if I have a friend that's lonely and sad and they, they want to go have some drinks with friends, I'd much rather have them drinks with friends at their house. Even though people think that's drinking alone, to me it's not especially if they're going to do that anyways, or if they're going to go and be sat at the bar or they're going to go somewhere and meet up and part. I'd much rather people be safer, not only just because of driving and all that, but just in general. But then also, why is that not the same? You're going to go to a public place, pay an exorbitant amount of money for food and things. And I understand the physical interaction. And I get that. Like I said, I understand that that needs to be a part of life. But a lot of us get plenty of physical, especially people who have to go to work, go to a physical job, they get plenty of physical interaction. We're good, bro. We don't need to be around people anymore. I'm happy. To be able to go home and have that friendship, have that group. But like I said, on Saturday nights at 7, we know that everybody, you know, it's the general idea that 20 or 30 of us, if you're available, you hop in and you have uh, a, a, a barbecue call. And if you want to be playing video games, you're playing video games. If you want to say hi, you chat, whatever it is. And it just kind of creates a little bit more of a friendship setup. And I think that I've seen that so many times before. And if you're not a part of it, if you haven't been a part of it, you haven't experienced it. It's so hard to be like, 
and you see it now on the internet, right? You see it now on YouTube and uh, TikTok and everything. Yeah, dude, this is one of my best friends. I've known him for 20 years. I've never met him, but I've known him for, you know, or, or 15 years, or I've known him for 10 years. And this man knows more about me than, than most. And, or this person, whatever it is, and I feel connected to them. Barry and I talk every single day. And we talk about pretty in-depth things most of the time. And it's comfortable for both of us. And it's just a crazy relationship that's developed so quickly because we both needed a friend. And 100%. I mean, it, it, you know what I mean? Like, it's just very interesting how the whole, the, the crux of everything, right? When you have friendships and you have all this stuff in the world, there's always a thing that brings them together. People are fine if people go play uh, golf together. They're fine if they go to the bar together. They're fine if they go and do anything together anywhere. They're fine with that. But then it comes to question if you're like, well, yeah, dude, I'm hanging out with my friends. We're raiding, you know, we're raiding in Warcraft this weekend. And like, you know what I mean? And like you said, people would laugh at you, man. I said it out loud a few times and I was married happily. And still I was like, oh man, that sounded so dorky. But it's not. It's the same as saying, hey, I'm going to go fishing with my friends this weekend. In my mind, it's the same. Yeah, I'm going to go fishing in Fortnite because we're trying to get particular fish. That we're trying to find, you know, yeah. we're trying to that find. That you're never because, gonna find, but, and you're just gonna get trash. We're never gonna find. <laughs> you're just gonna get frustrated, but we're gonna have the same amount. We're gonna have the same fun. You know, we're gonna have my brain is gonna get the same endorphins or similar ones. Now, again, I understand being outside. I understand going for walks. I understand physical activity and all that, and how that gets involved. But there's a real thing here. And I think the world needs to understand that a little bit more. And I feel like we're stepping that way. And again, it's because a lot of us are now adults. Yeah. People who were raised on video games are now adults. Not just the people who were adults when the video games came out, because they were told when video games came out, man, people, I couldn't imagine. And I know that there's people who are about, say right now they're in their 50s, mid 50s. And a lot of them were closet video game people that loved playing it, but were told by society that that was for kids and they weren't supposed to. And now that it's more okay and video games, you see more and more people in there that are, that are 10 years, 20 years, maybe older than me who back in the day would never have touched a video game when they were in their thirties and forties. But now that they're a little older, they're like, yeah, these are kind of cool, man. Like these kind of, I like these. And it's that they've gotten to the point of accepting it or understanding that it's a thing. Whereas for us, it was a thing. There was no, you, you were raised with it. Like that was the new cool thing. There was no, I don't want to try that. That was like, mom said, I can't play video games that much. So I definitely want to play them as much as I possibly can. Cause those are fun. Exactly. <laughs> it's just so interesting. Video games. Like it's, it's, I understand from the, you know, like the older generation standpoint, I say older than my older than you know me currently, so I'd say like maybe like sixty seventy plus. You know, it it can be hard to understand how someone can have the same feelings of like I'm going to go hang out with these people on like a digital space where you're not actually touching or interacting or anything with them. Just you're either typing on a keyboard, playing a video game, or talking. Or you know, even in some extreme cases, some people may even just have like a webcam up and just be chatting. And they may not see that as the same thing, but, you know, people have been doing variations of this for decades. 
it just wasn't used with technology because back in the day, you know, you had you had pen pals where you would write people back and forth and you would develop a friendship with these people that you may have maybe never met in your entire life just by writing these letters back and forth with people. And obviously it's slightly different and there's different mechanics involved in the, the time between when you get to talk to them, but it's the same thing. As people, we tend to really like to have communication and, you know, it, it doesn't matter what generation you're in, you know, it just takes different forms as we're moving forward. And, you know, for a lot of people, whether they're disabled, like in my situation, or maybe they're just introverted, or maybe they just, you know, there's other limitations they have. The video game aspect gives them a chance to interact with people and to meet people and to make friends and to have those healthy, like, relationships. And I don't, like, always mean, like, you know, couple relationships, like friendships and, and like, almost like an adopted family with people with common interests. Because it gives you a chance to introduce yourself, to meet these new people, to to interact with each other, to get to know them. And, you know, it keeps you in a safer space. So it's not just like, you know, back in the my parents' day, if you wanted to go meet people and hang out and make friends, you might, you know, you might go to the bar. You might, you know, go to a, like the local park and try to like see who's hanging out there, just kind of hoboing around because I'm from a small city. So, you know, there wasn't that many options. But like you would you would have to physically go out to meet people. But now since video games are an option not only are they entertaining but they kind of give you a common interest starting point to be able to um you know to be like hi my name is so and so um and it's not just like that awkward situation of going like i have no idea what to say to this person you could be like oh let's talk about this video game and it you end up with a situation where you have people who may not have had the courage or had the ability to, you know, location or health or whatever reason why to be able to bond with one another and to have that healthy relationship with other people. And, you know, to be able to have that, that structure that we kind of kind of need as people to kind of like have that support system to look after one another, to, you know, to talk to on a daily basis, kind of keep us mentally healthy and, and also, you know, learn new things as we go forward. I, I, I 100% agree. And I 100% love the way you just uh, articulated that because it just well done. It's from experience. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm quite well versed with trying to explain things to people who go, I don't know what that technology thing is you're doing right there. That's for the youngins. And I'm like, no, okay, yes and no, but the what I'm doing is not for the youngins. I'm actually talking to people who are relatively my age and old, like, you know, older even, like they're adults and we're having conversations about the, the real world sometimes. So, you know, so it's not me just being like, do you have a... Uh, uh, can I trade your ass for my whole ass? You know, that's not the only, like, there's nothing wrong with that conversation, but that's not all we're talking about. There's here. a lot wrong with that yeah. conversation. You don't trade Ekans for a Vulpix, just so we're clear. Time out. Gonna, we don't do oh that. Oh, my God. No, you the, don't, but we I was keep our book. Like, version exclusive Pokemon. I couldn't remember off the top of my head. And I was just like, I know we those are both our, me. Yeah. We keep our Vulpixes. You will yeah. find so, them. I'm yeah. so stuck between, like, two of the biggest... Pokemon nerds. <laughs> like, well, and I'm just a side note. I'm not the same nerd. Now's level of of information is guru like. She's not going to say that. She's going to say. She's going to say. I know a lot. Oh yeah. I, it, and I, I just. I just don't want to make you feel like bad. Else, 
Yeah. Well, she's always going to say like, there's somebody else that's in her level is just, it's, it's, it's technical. My nerdy level is I geek out when I see Pokemon. I just get excited. Uh, and that's about, I mean, I, and I like Pokemon cards. Like I love the colors. I love the idea of Pokemon. Do you know what I mean? Like that's me is I, and, and but I know you do that too, but you, you have it in such a depth of knowledge that it's, it's interesting to just hear you talk about it. And I think that, Again, that correlates directly back to that mental health. A lot of times these things, there's a lot of stuff that I can talk about. Sports, huge, right? But but Pokemon in general, I can tell you the attacks of particular Pokemon. Now, from the original generation, right? Again, we talked yeah. about Gen 1 is my, my, my sweet spot. Gen 2, a little bit. And I haven't played that game. I don't know how. I played a little bit of Pokemon Go for good, but we talked about that. So it did refresh a little bit of stuff. But... I can still tell you which ones do well against who, which ones are my favorite. I mean, and down to like where you can find them on the map. Um, I used to be able to do that. And that was something that I never, I mean, I have to try to memorize stuff. If that makes yeah. sense. Like mm -hmm. I, I experience it and I'll memorize it over time. And I'll honestly memorize it a lot of times when I'm not trying to. Like I remember, and I'm like, why do I have that in memory? And I can't remember the date that the Declaration of Independence was signed. Like I can, you know, I can memorize all this other stuff, this random knowledge. Why, why can't I focus? And so for me to memorize something, it had to have a huge impact on my life. And it did. And I think when, again, we get to that mental health side, for me, it was kind of a defensive. It was a, okay, I can either live in where I'm at right now in reality or I can live in whatever's going on down here. And for me, my imagination is so vibrant, I think is a good word for it. I'm, it's a compliment, but it's also terrifying sometimes, uh, which is why scary things are so terrifying for me, if that makes sense. The happy yeah. stuff's really cool. The scary stuff's really scary, yeah, if that makes sense. You're, you're not exactly. You're not getting like the dull effect, and that makes perfect sense. And, you know, honestly, like... For me, if we're talking about how video games have a, a you know, have had an yeah. effect on my mental health, especially as I was growing up. So there's a lot of things I didn't realize about myself until recently. Like I knew I had ADHD, but I didn't know about being on the spectrum until this year. And um, you know, I always knew something was wrong. And I was I've I've been that kind of person that, you know Hang on, nothing is wrong. Let's just stop. Well, let me try something. Nothing something is, is not it, wrong. It, it, different. different. I was yeah, not difficult. And it there was we go. Like, I couldn't fit in. I couldn't make friends. Like none of the girls wanted to hang out with me. And only the dudes wanted to hang out with me, which is nothing wrong with that. But I wanted to be friends with everybody. So I was like, why am I being, you know, like <laughs> basically shunned by the other girls? What did I do right. wrong? And, you know, I never could figure it out. And it was, I'm not going to go like, I'm not going to be playing like the world's tiniest violin right here, but like long story short, it was video games that not only gave me the courage and the like the topic to interact with my peers, but it also, uh, whenever I was rather isolated in in my youth, I didn't have that many friends and I wasn't very close to anybody, and you know I just couldn't I couldn't re like relate to a lot of people, and I was definitely different than most of my classmates, and I was constantly feeling lonely. For me, like playing video games in a lot of cases pokemon was my first like it was mine that wasn't my sister and i had to share it that was you know it was that game boy was mine <laughs> um i didn't it was my hyper fixation it was what i could do to, to give myself something to like try to calm myself down and 
having something that I felt like I could do. And it gave me the encouragement, like you were talking earlier about like, hey, yeah, you got to kind of hit your head against it a few times, but you can eventually get better at something and move forward. For me, the games were definitely a, also a teaching tool for that as well, because, you know, there'd be sometimes I'm just like, things are not going to get better. I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm depressed. Even as a kid, I didn't know what was wrong with, like, I didn't know the depression was a thing, you know? Um, and I was just constantly sad. But whenever I would play the, the video games, it would constantly give me something to look forward to. And it would constantly remind me that, hey, just because, you know, you could make friends with, uh, you know, like this kid over here that you wanted to be friends with, or they called you and like they called you stinky head or something weird, like a little kid insult. You know, that doesn't mean that you're never going to have friends. That doesn't mean that you're not going to ever be accepted for who you are. You just have to keep trying. And it it really has been not just a a positive outlet for like me mentally to have something to kind of latch onto that has a positive. You know, like basically it's helping re- or in in hit those endorphins in my brain and be like, Oh, Hey, I did a thing. <laughs> um, but it also kind of gave me, you know, like the encouragement that I needed in a lot of cases to, to keep myself going, which I think in truth is why I have such a hyper fixation on Pokemon because it was my first, like it wasn't my first video game, but it was the first video game that was mine. And it was the first one that I picked out on my own. Yep. And I asked Santa for that for Christmas. And if it tells, this kind of gives my age away. I remember going into the JCPenney catalog because that's what we had. Because <laughs> uh, the nearest like big box store that sold games and stuff like that was rather far away from where I lived. So I had to go to the catalog and like basically... Yeah earmark the pages of what I wanted on my Christmas list to write it down to Santa. And I remember doing that for the Pokemon games. Like all I did was saw the Blastoise <laughs> and Charizard art for like the original art of the red and blue games on the box. And I oh, was like, yeah, those I like are that awesome. turtle thing. It's kind of cool. Yep. So I, I mean, went with yeah. the blue version because, you know, right? at the time I knew nothing about Same. those games. I just saw nope. turtle. <laughs> so, you know, it, and it, it has, it's one of those things that it seems kind of silly in hindsight to people who've never been through it themselves, but having something that, you know, not only encouraged you, also helped, you know, you know, give you that mental stimulation that you needed with that, that lovely, like, I did a thing, like, dopamine kind of hit thing, uh, especially when you have ADHD, that, that's a very, you, you don't get that like you should, so it's a very important thing. It's another reason it's why. very I nice when it happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and it was just such a positive encouragement and truthfully most of the friends that i had and even the ones that i still kept outside of school because it's been quite a while since i've been in school um that i met them because i was playing video games and in most cases i was playing pokemon like i even met my husband from playing a video game and yeah Yeah, you know it wasn't like one of those things where i was joining a dating site like and there's nothing wrong with that but we were actively not looking for a relationship it was just two people going i like this game let's play this game hey you want to hang out it's like two people who met at like a bar or something it's just yeah it's, it's it's a very particular like gaming and that's why i see more relationships happen in gaming than you do in online dating as far as substantial ones yeah especially ones that actually lead to like lasting relationships because like I have a friend um, who I will not name because I don't know if they would want to be named, but I have a friend that I met online uh, through the same game that I actually met Riot through, but years later. He's younger than me. I consider him my little brother, um, even though now he's fully grown and about to have a, like their first, him and his wife are having their first child. But um, 
so my friend, um, you know, I met him. He was younger than me. We were just friends. Uh, he eventually met this girl who later became his wife. But here's the deal. My friend lived in Washington State in the United States. And this girl that he met lived in Asia. And I'm not going to, like, dox the country that they're in. But let's just say it was a very long plane trip and it was a totally different country. And, you know, normally these two would have never probably met. Like, there's no reason why they would have met. They're in totally different fields. They have totally different interests besides this video game. They wouldn't have been to the same, like, you know, hangouts, bars, libraries, you know, whatever. But because they had a similar interest, they started out as friends. They ended up realizing that they had, like, connection there. They had a really good friendship for for a very long time. Like, I, I, I knew these two together as a couple way longer before they decided to get married. And then kind of fast forwarding through a lot of long distance relationship situation and uh, who knows how many Skype hours because <laughs> <laughs> Skype was the thing about this before zoom and uh, Microsoft teams and all that stuff. Was, Skype was, was amazing. Oh yeah. Skype. Can you just make that note? <laughs> Skype was a really great program. It is. Yeah. It just, yeah, it got, it got mowed over by everybody else. Oh, it did. It, it didn't. It, it was kind of like the Kmart situation where it had some good stuff going on, but it didn't update fast enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so these. That's places, a great way to explain Kmart. It's what it is. It literally is. It's like Kmart. Like it, it originally was really popular. It offered some stuff that people didn't really get to, you know, have in a lot of places at the time. And then it didn't update. It didn't keep up with the advertising and it became outdated. And everybody else found things that were more convenient and had more options. And now it's just kind of like an afterthought for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so, you know, because of video games. You know, this this friend of mine, my little brother, essentially, is now been happily married for years now, like I said, expecting their first child. He moved to a different country to be with his wife, um, and they are happy as clams could possibly be. And it's because <laughs> with the video games that allowed them to not only inter- like meet each other, but they also got to be put in situations that, you know, obviously they're based on fiction in a lot of cases because it is, you know, they are video games. But it put you. It put them in situations where they had to work together. They had to know if they had good teamwork yep. mechanics. They they had to know if like you know this person has like an anger issue. I mean, like, obviously, to bring this, up. Yep. Yeah, you you get to know people a lot better than you do versus just going. Oh no, let's go hang out, toss a few back, and I don't know, maybe right. some horse shoes. I mean, yeah. there's nothing wrong with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. But you really do get to meet and and get to see more of a person. Uh, through video games, whether it be online or in person or, you know, just whatever. It doesn't matter how the distance is. And I've seen so many couples, like, literally while we were having this conversation, I got messaged by one of, another couple that I'm friends with that met in Final Fantasy fourteen, And I knew them <laughs> both before they were dating, and now they're married. And super happy and just, you know, it's 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 weird to people who don't play video games but if you look at it from a you know like outside looking in kind of standpoint you have the situation that allows people to interact with each other that they may not normally you know have been able to meet it gives them a common topic to be able to discuss with each other so that way they have a starting point to like either talk about you know something serious their likes their dislikes it also gives them a chance to get to know each other so that they have end up becoming a support system for one another and they become friends and, you know, and even some cases like, you know, mine and Riot's situation, eventually, you know, we realized there was a spark there. And, <laughs> you know, it, it, little it bit, gives, just a little bit. 
Yeah, just a little bit. Like, (laughs) it's not, it's just a tiny spark that we've been married over a decade. And uh, I moved from Georgia to California. He's hoping he goes well to see you guys. Yeah. (laughs) We're still going good. Um, Uh, for, for context, if it tells you anything, and I'm not going to, I promise I'm not going to to just feel anything that people are going to be uncomfortable about with this, but with my religion, if you get married in a temple, you're no longer saying, you know, to death, do us part with my faith. It's no longer that death, do us part thing. You're stuck with them for eternity. Yeah. Uh, So we got married civilly and we have since been married in the temple with my faith, you know, here. So not only is he stuck with me, he's stuck. He's stuck with me. Yeah, and, and you mentioned that now the other day in the stream. I was like, yeah, like because we, my religion has the same thing. If you get married to someone, you oh, you're married to someone, so make sure you you make the, yeah, you the can, correct decision. Sure really know. <laughs> yeah, but but like in this case, he he actively had to sign up for it because, like I said, we were civilly married, and from our religion standpoint, it's almost like, as he's be, he likes you. Yeah, almost. I know, right? <laughs> almost. But I, I, I want to ask you guys something because now I mentioned a really interesting point that, um, you know, with video games that help to basically develop friendships and stuff like that. And I'm similar to the way that, like, when I was a kid, because I really didn't wasn't interested in sports and stuff like that. And I wasn't like the go outside kid and play in the mud. I just I just wasn't. And when I found video games and started playing it, kind of in a way helped me at least have have the um the basis for my identity basically because i started to know what i like and what i dislike started to develop like my own thoughts my own stuff like that did you guys have like similar experiences with that go ahead now i i I, i'm gonna think but go ahead i i think that i did to an extent where it was just Gosh, my brain just went squirrel moment. Repeat the question for me one more time, Barry. Sorry, I know this is yeah, yeah, you're fine. So to me, video games basically helped me start to develop my own identity as me. Because oh, it, okay, it yeah. showed me what I like, what I dislike, and it, it showed me how, how I like to interact with the world and people and stuff like that. Did you guys okay. have similar experiences to that? Yes, I definitely did. Because... Growing up, uh, I'm, like I said, from the rural south. Uh, technology, while we have it, is not exactly something that was, like, commonplace in my small school that I was going to. Because, you know, everybody was, like, farming related. And they're just like, oh, no, you won't go out and shoot some skeets. You know, right. like, the, the, little, the little playing disc and stuff. That was really fun. But, I mean, that's fun, but that's all I did. But, but um, yeah, like, with video games... It started out like, you know, the first games I had access to were like the original Nintendo Entertainment System and like the original Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt, you know, that kind of thing. Um, But whenever you started getting into like games where I actually got to pick what I liked, I was able to start like, you know, learning about different things and reading the back of the boxes. And I got to start making preferences and like, well, I like this game and I don't like that game. And it taught me, you know, even at a time where I didn't realize how hard I was masking and trying to like fit in. Basically, I was... You know those little those little kid toys that have like the different cutouts of shapes, and you have to like find the right shape. Like this this triangle shape hole needs the triangle shaped you know block goes in there. I was essentially, and I didn't realize it. I was trying to. I was one of those things, and I was trying to pretend that I was a circle, but I was actually a hexagon. <laughs> That's um, a good it, way you to know, do it. Like, it. 
it wasn't the, the piece was not gonna fit, but I was trying real hard <laughs> to make, make it would. I'm gonna do my best. I'm gonna do my best. <laughs> but with with having the 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 different video games to be able to be like, okay, well, I like doing this. I enjoy this aspect of this game versus that. It was allowing me to actually branch out as a person. And even behind the mask that I was putting on, like basically 24 hours a day, I was able to still, you know, I was still able to kind of be me at times. It's it's one of those things where it gave me that that opportunity to be able to figure out who I am as a person. And I'm very blessed for that because I know there's people like I've, I've met numerous people over the years who, you know, whether they were masking or not, whether they're neurodivergent or not, you know, like they basically didn't know who they were for so long because they, you know, expected they were supposed to act this way and only like these things. And they are like, okay, but they never really had the chance or the opportunity to figure out what they actually wanted, like what they liked and what they didn't like. And, you know, since video games are typically, particularly when I was growing up, they were not online for the longest time. Because, <laughs> right. you know, internet was a thing that existed. We had was, land cables. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, you had to bring, it's like, oh, you want to go play a game together? Let me bring right. my entire bring system over <laughs> yep. to your friend's house. You know, that's something that I truly, truly am sad that I missed out on, which is... Like, I agree with you on that one. Land, land so all this stuff, yeah. Yeah. Time moving it is really hard. I oh, so annoying. Giant, giant towers. But... Oh, so annoying. And they're so heavy back then, too. Oh, my gosh. And the monitors alone were, like, Whoa. like close to 50 pounds, it felt like. I was just like, oh, no, Did... no, no. Well, and as far as, like, for me, Barry, if, if you're saying, like, you know... uh how how did gaming influence me is kind of what you're saying, I think, or did it help me? It was it more of a foundational part of who I am. And I don't know how to explain this one. I definitely think in the same way that now kind of explained that it, it or maybe that you, for me, it, it definitely brought me around other people and kind of made me not inside my own head sometimes. Um, I also didn't have a ton of it available when I was younger because we didn't have enough, we didn't have money. So I would go to my friend's house or whatever. And I played there, but I think it was much more, I think they were much more influential and in actually my early twenties um, when online was a thing, because I went from somebody who's just on an Island by himself, literally when I lived on Mackinac Island to being able to hang out with my friends from around the world, being able to stay connected and, and, and not feel alone for a little bit right you can go into any match you want to even if it's in a solos game of some sort you can play chess against somebody online you can go you know you there's so many things that you could do where i felt like maybe okay i'm not alone in this world i'm starting to see and and mixing that with the travels that i did i started to see how big the not even the world but just the u.s was and how vastly different people are and that's the thing that I think more than anything else video games did for me and has done for me is shown me that it's kind of like the, these shows, right? Where like they, they, they go into these shows and there's these dating shows and not, you're not going to see each other. You're going to talk to each other and you're going to get, you know, you're going to get to know each other. It was love at first sight or whatever. I don't forget which one it was called, but basically there was like a, a wall between them and they talked to each other and all these people started quote falling in love. But then they'd see each other and there was like, oh, you don't look the way I expected. That is a vast difference between playing video games, right? In that situation, they're actively looking for someone to fall in love with. Yeah. And so in their minds, they have this thing already printed out in their head. 
this is what they look like. This is how they sound. This is, oh, they're this type of person. Oh, this is great. This is my little check marks, right? But they don't have anything in common that, again, is as, quote, nerdy and as dorky or as vulnerable as playing a video game or uh, Dungeons and Dragons or something that makes you feel a little vulnerable when you say, uh, okay, so, all right, so, y'all, dude, I just beat Charizard. Now I have Charizard. And you're a 30-year-old man, and people are looking at you like, shut up, I have Charizard. <laughs> Knowing that the person that you're that you're attracted to is standing right beside you going, you got Charizard. That's a different feeling because that person sees you for that nerdy, raw, terrified person who's so scared that someone's going to hear me geek out about the fact that I caught a Pokemon and they're going to laugh at me. And you get the complete opposite response of, dude, bro, right? High five. And all of a a sudden it goes from hang on. (laughs) You're attractive. You know, all of a sudden that's where that switch kind of clicks because it's like, wait a minute, that felt good. It felt so good. You like being around them. Just interacting with them makes you happy. And bingo, it's, it's, it is definitely something that, it's not unique to people who play video games, but it is definitely something that exists for people who play video games. And I, I need to stress, I'm not saying that everybody who plays online video games is going to end up dating somebody. That's not, that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm not, this is not a dating show. We're not yeah. saying go on. We're not saying Call of Duty Warzone is yeah. the place to find somebody. Disclaimer, this is not a relationship yeah, no. advice. <laughs> Yeah, just so we're not getting right, sued yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, whenever you get to interact with people and 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 you have that boundary, well, not boundary, but that wall taken down of that fear of, I have to like you know I can't be who I really am. I can't be like, oh, I really enjoy this game, or be like, dude, guys, I just there's a Dratini spawned over there. Come on, just it's over there by that park bench. Let's just go walk over there. Like we're playing Pokemon Go and stuff, you know, like you have that you don't have to worry about somebody else being like that's stupid as crap <laughs> you know? right you you get to be yourself and it allows you to be like oh hey i actually enjoy being around this person and even if it's not on a relationship level then you end up with like oh hey i could actually tell this person be like hey i had a really uh rough time do you mind if i exactly. talk to you about something and then you could like lay on whatever it is that's been on your chest or whatever you're thinking about or whatever because you have interacted with this person in video game concept and you know whether it be like you said whether it be video game whether it be tabletop whether it be like anything in between card games it doesn't matter that common interest allows you to build that friendship and then at that point it becomes from a friendship to a support friendship and we all need that because frankly uh the world is not exactly all sunshine and rainbows and yeah. uh, sometimes you just really need somebody to listen to you, even if even if they can't do anything about it. Just knowing that there's somebody out there, whether they're in the same room as you or not, who cares that you exist and that knows what you're going through even a little bit makes all the world a difference just to have that support. And yeah. it's so easy to look at video games as like, you know, oh, well, it's an addiction or, oh, well, it's, you know, it's terrible but, but then you, you have to think about it. Water is something that we need to survive. 
Our bodies need water. But if you get too much water at one time, you will drown. So yep. video games, I'm not saying are the same as water, but it's a similar concept where we need to have outlets to be able to, to interact, to bond with other people, to be able to you know find that support system for ourselves. And with like water, if you don't limit yourself with the video games, you can become addicted and it can, you know, in the sake of the water topic, it can drown you, which, you know, where situations where, you know, talking about addiction and everything would come in, which I'm not going to go into, but, you know, there's, there's, with everything in life, there's that you have to find that balance. And, you know, obviously anything can be taken out of, you know, to an extreme to a point where it becomes detrimental. But then you also have situations like, I don't know if you guys heard about this. I want to think it was back in 2020, but they actually approved like the FDA approved a video game. I forget the name of it to be used in the treatment of little kids with ADHD who are having a hard time acclimating with like their schoolwork and stuff. There is an actual video game that is literally something you get a prescription for from your That's doctor. Cool. So what did the doctor yeah. describe? More Halo. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't heard of that specific one. But uh, the one that I heard in that regard that they used, oh, they used VR for, um, um, like fire victims, basically people who get burned. They use VR to have them set in like a cold area, and that helps them be so much like soothed when they are getting uh, treatment. Which is to oh, me yeah, is amazing. Because the, the human mind is an amazing thing. Like the placebo effect is not something to shake a stick at because it actually does work. There's oh, there's so many cases where it's just like you know, like you, you see like in cartoons or whatever where they're like, just pretend I'm in a really cold, snowy place and like you're actually <laughs> in like hundred and ten degree weather with like ninety percent humidity and you're you're like putting tiles on a roof or something, you know, like absolute opposite of cold but just trying to trick your brain even for that that brief moment that you are not where you currently are has a really good effect on your body and helps you to be able to endure what you're going through and okay. games kind of like you know it it gives us something to not only see in most cases but hear uh and like with the controller and even some of the more modern games uh with like touch base you know like for your phones and such uh, you get the whole aspect of touch involved into it. So we're interacting with our, our senses. So it, it allows us to be even more engaged in what we're doing. So that placebo effect is even greater than it would be the other way around, which is why, you know, it's such a big deal to kind of curate, um, you know, like what you surround yourself with game-wise, because if you, if you play a bunch of games that make you feel like poop, that's not going right. to be good for you. But if you play games that, you know... You heard it here first, folks. Don't play games that make you feel like poop. Just yeah. FYI. Yeah. So basically, like poop, Call of Duty, Modern Warfare 2. <laughs> right? Don't play Modern Warfare 2, right? <laughs> uh, I, I have a friend who right. refers to a, a certain game, which I'm not hating on this game, but I, this is an example of what it can do to you. My friend calls League of Legends League of Toxicity because yeah. every time he plays this for, this game, he ends up so angry... <laughs> Yeah, he's just like completely blood pressure through the roof, and like Hall of was, Anger, Warzone yeah. Two. I'm yeah, no, I'm no like, yeah, hundred percent. There's nothing wrong playing those things in increments, but just like with the water situation, right. you have to kind of bring it back in, where you can be like, okay, yes, I enjoy this, the gameplay of this, but you know, it's not helping me mentally overall. So let's let's make this not my constant thing. Let's switch to something different, kind of like 
will in your case, whenever sometimes you're just, the game is not hitting you right mentally. You say, let's go play Minecraft. Let's just go somewhere. Let's reset. And I, yeah. And you know, and if I can, if I can kind of surmise, cause I, I think we're uh, now, first of all, let me say very much. You're not, you're, you're, you're so wise that it's, it's overwhelming sometimes and impressive. Like it's, it's not overwhelming. It's impressive. It's just the way that you've had to organize your brain and chop it up into little spaces like we all have to, right? Every one of us, in order to make those steps forward, you kind of have to process your brain and split it up in different, you know, different compartments and start to understand, okay, A, let's focus on A. How do I understand A a little bit more? And it sounds like from both you and Barry, video games have helped a ton. Would that be a fair thing to say on 100%. both sides? Yeah, like video games not just gave me an escape, but quite literally helped helped my relationship with my dad so yeah well when i didn't that's oh man that's a deep thing and it's but it's true they gave me a purpose right video games and i'll kind of finish up with this you know video games are goal oriented a lot of times and a lot of times in life we need those small victories because sometimes in life and especially for people like the three of us that have a we feel our feelings big again somebody telling us good job feels amazing. Even if that's an electronic video game saying, Hey, you beat level one. It's a weird electronic pat on the back. It gives you a little bit. Okay. Okay. I'm not garbage. Look what I did. It's that achievement. And I think video games are great for that. And I think there's a lot of room here to start more of a mental health process with gaming and to help some of these people who feel alone and, and 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 silent and quiet by themselves, see that there's this big world out there. And it doesn't mean that you have to go out and necessarily trek across it because we're not all built that way. Not all of us have the ability or the finite or whatever you want to say to go do that stuff. But a lot of us might have the ability to turn on a phone, connect to a game there, or, or turn on um, a video game or a discord or some sort of chat. And I just can't thank you enough for being here now. It, it means the world to us. I think we're going to go ahead and shut her down there. But now before we go, I just want to say sincerely, we, we truly appreciate you being here on the show or the show. What do we call it the cast, the pod. I don't know oh what parts the, is the pod, the show, or is the cast, the show. Anyways, we appreciate you being oh here. My God. With us <laughs> and talking. Yeah, thank you so much, now for I've being here. I enjoyed it. Thank you. We truly do. And um, so before we everybody uh, that's out there, go ahead. Before we end, just uh, yeah, just everyone, uh, please check out the description of the episode. You'll find all the links there: the link to the Discord, the link to Now's channel, the link to Jam's channel, the link to my channel. All of the links, all of the important stuff, you'll find it in the uh, in the description of the episode. Uh, Give us give us your feedback on the episode and give us your rating on the episode because it helps a lot. So please do that. And thank you. Yeah. And to everybody out there, remember that you're loved and that you matter. And we're going to be here hanging out to chat whenever you want to come by and say hi. And we're happy that you're here. We'll catch you in the next episode.